Hey, Redheads, and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian, and we're so excited because for the first time ever, we're doing an entire dedicated podcast to anesthesia and if redheads need more anesthesia. We have talked about this topic throughout the four seasons here and there with doctors and experts and, you know, little sound bits here and there. We've talked about anesthesia, but we have never dedicated an entire episode. So we felt like it was very much time to do so. Um, It's really important to knowledge is power. So we wanted to call an expert, an anesthesiologist, and get his expert advice. So today we are talking to Dr. David Shearer. He is an American anesthesiologist. He has written many books. He's been in the profession for many years, and he's going to give us the rundown on everything. If we need more anesthesia, what to talk to our doctors about, how to talk to them. Um, Because Steph, you know, it's like nerve wracking talking to your doctor sometimes, especially if you're like, I know I need more anesthesia. Yeah. And then they... You know, you don't know how to say, okay, I found it online, which we'll go into it and <laughs> yeah. discuss um, when we talk with Dr. Shearer. But yeah, it's just something where it's it's something where redheads either feel so passionate that, yes, I need it. Here's my experience with it. And then we have some redheads that say, no, I don't believe it. I believe it's a myth. So Adrian and I wanted to dedicate this whole episode to highlighting the fact that do redheads need more anesthesia? You know, it's simple as that. And why not ask an actual anesthesiologist who knows, you know, yes or no? So we will ask him directly. It will be the first question with the interview. So definitely stay tuned. And we're super excited about this episode because, like we said, we've heard so many myths and facts and what is the real answer? Right, right. Like, do we or do we not? I mean, we kind of like, we need to know, right? (laughs) Yeah. So let's call them up. Finally Had Brows, a tinted eyebrow gel made by How to Be a Redhead, specially formulated and curated by us, Stephanie and Adrian. Finally Had Brows is available in the original long-wearing version and now in a volumizing option too. Both options tint and provide perfect redhead brows. You're unique. Your eyebrow product should be too. Shop Finally Have Brows, long-wearing and volumizing at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Hi, this is Stephanie and Adrian Vendetti from the How to Be a Redhead podcast. Thank you for Hello. joining us. Hi. Hi. Well, thank-, thank you so much for joining us, doctor. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So let's get right down to business. They say natural redheads need more anesthesia. Is this true? Uh, The studies show that it is true, and uh, although it's controversial, uh, and this has been studied for well over 20 years now, the short answer is yes. And uh, that particularly applies to two types of anesthesia. One is when you breathe anesthesia gases, and the other is when you get local anesthesia injected in a part of your body. So the answer is yes. Okay. And we read that redheads need about 20% more. Now, is that percentage accurate or does it change depending on the type of anesthesia or maybe person to person? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because those studies, those figures came out of studies at the University of Louisville. Uh, uh, a Dr. Edwin Liam, L-I-E-M, studied uh, redheads and uh, looked at whether they would move under a certain stimulus under anesthesia. It sounds kind of barbaric, but what they did was 
they anesthetized um, redheaded people and dark-haired people. And what they found is when they used an electrical needle, which sounds barbaric, in the thigh muscle or in the arm muscle uh, under the same depth of anesthesia, the redheads tended to move more in a reflex of pain response. So um, they came to the conclusion that, in fact, the number was about 19 or 20 percent more inhaled anesthesia was needed for redheads. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Right, Adrian? Yeah. No, I feel like it's it's really fascinating. The first time I ever heard about it, Stephanie and I, Stephanie's had more surgeries than I have. But um, the first time I ever heard from heard about it, I was getting my wisdom teeth pulled out. And the doctor said, I'm going to have to give you more anesthesia because you're a redhead. And this was in 2005. I was in high school. And right. I remember thinking, oh, that's crazy. And I kind of took that with me. And, and and I had a surgery about two years ago. And I asked the anesthesiologist and she said, yes, like like she's aware that I'll need a little bit more. Well, you know, they, they found, as I said, uh, not only in the anesthesia that you breathe, but in the local anesthesia, either in your gums or on your skin, mm. the requirement is higher not only in redheaded humans, but in redheaded mice. So um, <laughs> there's, there's something about the uh, recessiveness of the gene of the melanocortin-1 receptor, which is uh, the MC1 gene receptor. Uh, that dictates pain perception and um, anesthesia uh, susceptibility and also some other factors that we'll talk about later. So you guys are very special. Oh, I know. We were just, that, that was our next question. So when we think of, you know, anesthesia, a lot of us think of surgery and, you know, going under for a long time, but local topical anesthetics such as Novocaine, redheads will need more of that too. Correct. Yeah, it's yes, that's true. And, you know, it's kind of been proven out in the uh, studies that show that redheads are twice more likely to be afraid of going to the dentist than non-redheads. So uh, in studies that they've asked people on questionnaires, you know, do you have a particular fear of the dentist? Redheads answered answered twice, twice as more frequently that they were. So, yeah. you know, it kind of is a is a confirmation that uh, people with naturally red hair um, um, have a have a fear of having procedures when local anesthesia is needed. Yeah. So do anesthesiologists like yourself, do you get trained in this in medical school? And is this something that you talk about with other colleagues and doctors um, or is it? fairly new knowledge that maybe you didn't learn about in school? How is that in kind of the medical community? Well, um, it's it's kind of anecdotal information and probably not taken too seriously unless you actually go look at the studies because, mm. you know, there are all kinds of rumors in medicine. And to answer your first question, the answer is no. They don't really teach it in med school. They don't teach it in residency. Uh, I remember at the University of Miami in the 1980s, when I did my residency, they never really spoke about it. Um, and then um, in, in your career, uh, maybe uh, every so often, if you'd get a redheaded patient, someone might make a comment like, oh, she's going to need a lot more. And then it's it's not until you look at the studies and do a careful review of the literature, do you find that the studies reveal that most likely it's true. So, um, 
you know, um, it's it's important to pay attention to what people say and and the rumors and confirm them for yourself. So to answer yeah. your question, no, they really don't teach it formally, but maybe they should. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had this is kind of it goes in hand with anesthesia, um, but I had a C-section um, with in 2020 and I remember the anesthesiologist saying like, oh, we have a redhead and kind of joking about it. And then I had blood clots after my C-section. And I don't know if you've heard of this before, but then my OBGYN said it's so common for redheads to bleed more, which I thought was very interesting. It's kind of just a side note that came to um, to me while you were just speaking. So that's probably like a separate podcast episode. But have you ever heard that before? Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because there are certain health uh, parameters that redheads are are, are unique. Um, uh, I'll give you a few examples of that. Uh, there's a Canadian physician who writes a column for the Calgary Herald, and he did a very nice article in 2017 that spoke of what makes redheads different medically. And he was able to determine that of course, redheads may be more prone to skin cancer because they're fair-skinned usually, um, but they have different temperature perception and different temperature tolerance. Uh, redheads tend not to tolerate the cold as well as darker-haired people. I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and uh, there there is evidence to show that they do bleed more during surgery than people with darker hair. So wow, um, yeah, you you know. It's so crazy, too, because then our dad had surgery, Adrian, like last year and also had blood clots and he's a natural redhead. So I just find it fascinating that both of us had blood clots after surgery and both doctors said something about bleeding. And um, I don't know what his anesthesiologist said to him before his surgery about being a redhead. Well, he's like white. The the doctor would have no idea. Right, right. right, That's true. But – yeah, I remember my anesthesiologist said something about red hair. So yeah, it's just fascinating how we're so unique internally. Well, it's true because you have to understand, as you probably already know, um, there's something in medicine called phenotype and genotype. So the genotype means what your genes are programmed to do. And the phenotype, pH phenotype, means what is the physical trait that's expressed as you look at a person like blue eyes, red hair, uh, darker skin, whatever you want to say. And the fact is that people who are natural redheads have an imbalance in uh, the uh, eumelanin or the theomelanin that dictates skin color and hair color. But they also found that these uh, changes in the genotype, the gene itself, lead to other characteristics like altered pain perception, altered sensitivity to opioids, um, and the propensity to get things like skin cancer and have different cold tolerance. And even the rate of Parkinson's disease is thought to be slightly higher in elderly redheaded people than non-redheaded people. So it's a whole range of different things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really is. And we did a whole other podcast episode about why redheads feel less pain and how our brains process pain differently. And they say redheads need to be aware that they're, that they are more likely more sensitive to pain killing medications such as opioids. Are you able to speak about if natural redheads need lower doses of opioids? 
Well, that's uh, an interesting question and a very complicated question because there are so many chemicals and reactions that are involved in um, in pain perception. Um, mm. Mm. Basically, um, in my research, uh, they looked at, from the Mass Mass General Hospital at uh, different parameters, and um, there's something called POMC, which is Propriomelanocortin, and um, less of this chemical was was found in red-haired mice and human uh, due to the altered gene activity of the melanocortin receptor that I spoke to. Now, with, without getting too complicated, it means that um, the feedback loop involving pain and pain perception gets altered in redheads so that you're correct about the... Um, the the opioid um, and and pain perception issue that's true so it, it's a complicated issue but uh, I think the bottom line is that um, that that it, that redheads can be more sensitive to opioid medication so yeah that's really wow. something to know about you know especially everyone's talking about opioids and how dangerous they can be so. You know, to, right. for redheads to even know, like, it could be potentially even more dangerous or just to be aware yeah. of it, I think is so important. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and um, so uh, it, it's important to know your own tolerance. I mean, there's so many other factors that go into it. But by and large, as, as we've discussed, since redheads have uh, altered uh, response to inhaled and to uh, local anesthesia, they also have to pay attention to how pain medicine affects them and whether they're more sensitive or not. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. It's I know. So we're, true. we're a rare breed. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, um, that's right. Dr. Shearer, is there anything else about redheads in the medical world that we haven't touched upon or anything else you want to add to enlighten our redhead audience? Um, well, for, for, as far as men are concerned, um, uh, the uh, doctor from uh, the Calgary Herald said that they're more prone to getting prostate cancer, and that's something I did not know. And in the case of women, they seem to be more prone to getting endometriosis. So I think that um, women in particular have to pay attention to any pelvic pain if you have red hair and any kind of um, strange um, abdominal sensations because endometriosis is often misdiagnosed. I don't know if you know that or not. And yeah, um, yeah. I was actually talking and, to my OBGYN about this because she was bringing it up to my attention because um, I know you're a doctor, but I have really bad pelvic pain. And um, she mentioned uh -huh. it to me as being like a possibility. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Mm. Yeah. Endometriosis, um, unfortunately for many women, um, has been a diagnosis that's hard to make. And a lot of women have suffered because um, uh, the doctors don't take them seriously because their, their, their complaints can be kind of vague. Oh, it hurts here, it hurts there, and so on. And um, I personally know of an African-American woman who suffered terribly with endometriosis. And um, I don't want to get way off the path, but it took her many doctors and many different uh, interventions before she was able to get the right diagnosis. So um, yeah. it, it can be a hard journey for people. So I would say if you're a redhead and, um, you know, you go see your gynecologist and you have any complaints about pelvic pain, that they should look into that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Just being being aware of all of this. And, and, and I, I want to say, too, is sometimes I feel embarrassed talking to doctors about things that I read on Google. Like, I feel right. like if I'm sitting there with a doctor, I'm like, well, I read this. And they kind of look at me like, well, you know, I mean, what everyone can Google, Google. site. Yeah, yeah, like, right. yeah, like, it's just Google. But do you think that people should just feel free to talk to their doctor about anything, even if they just Googled something and they're worried about it? Well, yeah, I think they should. But oftentimes what will give you better ammunition if you say, oh, doctor, I Googled this subject and it said a study from, say, Mass General said such and such, right? So mention the study. Okay. Exactly. And then the doctor starts thinking, well, this person took the time to uh, say what the name of the academic institution is, and they probably would take you more seriously than if you just said, oh, I read from People magazine that such and such. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. a really great That's tip. That's a really good tip. That's a really, that is a really, really good, good tip. tip. Yeah. I and you know, do that. It, exactly. And I mentioned uh, those kind of tips in, in my books, my medical books for the public, and um, it, it gives you more ammunition and credibility with the doctor if you can say, oh, yeah, there was this study from the University of Louisville. Did you read that? And then it kind of puts the doctor on the defensive to say, gee, maybe I should have read it, right? Right. You know. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's such yeah. a great, such a great tip. Well, yeah. we loved having you on, Dr. Shearer. So thank you so much for all your knowledge. I know people are really going to listen and um, it could change lives. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Finally, have brows, a tinted eyebrow gel made by How to Be a Redhead, specially formulated and curated by us, Stephanie and Adrian. Finally, have brows is available in the original long wearing version and now in a volumizing option too. Both options tint and provide perfect redhead brows. You're unique. Your eyebrow product should be too. Shop Finally Have Brows long wearing and volumizing at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Okay, so we there's our answer. We know it. We need more <laughs> anesthesia. Um, we also, you know, potentially are going to be very sensitive to opioids, which I think is super eye-opening. I think we're going to do an entire episode about that and really dig into that I I literally had no idea. Um, we discovered it when we were prepping for this podcast episode, and I think a lot of medicine, uh, medical advice about redheads is coming to light because there's a lot of research being done about our pain tolerance, about anesthesia, and then I think they're like, oh wait, if that's true, then this might be true. So I think more is coming about, and I loved his advice about when you're sitting with your doctor, be like, I saw this on Harvard Harvard Business Journal, right? Like that's something to say because I would have never actually known to talk about the publication, but I guess it really does matter because he's right. Like you shouldn't be quoting a People magazine, uh, you know, article. You should be talking about something that actually is studied and like a real real thing. And they're probably going to take it more seriously because they are doctors and they read studies. Right. And there's so much information out there. So addressing credible resources and sources in general with your doctor, if you do read something, definitely bring it up to her slash him. Um, And I think that's just something that I took away from this episode, as well as needing more anesthesia. And I also want to do a whole article too on bleeding more, blood clots. I think that, and a couple of the other things that he mentioned, um, pelvic pain with redheads. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've touched upon redheads being more susceptible to melanoma. We've done an episode on that and so many articles. I'm 
you know, about the prostate. That was something Parkinson's. I did read about that once. And I know that we've touched upon that in an article, but maybe shining a light on all these medical um, facts about redheads because it really, you know, we're unique because of our hair and it's externally, right? That we're redheads, but internally we're also so different. And it is pretty amazing, I think. Um, And I think the advances of medicine and technology um, makes it for learning things about us as time progresses, right? Like 50 years ago, they in, anesthesiologists probably didn't know about this with redheads. Right. And I think that's something that I took away from this too um, with just the advances and what we what we're learning about redheads in, you know, what we didn't know 10 years and what we're knowing now, it's really eye-opening. Yeah. So we're going to just link Dr. Shearer's uh, information in our podcast notes. We're just going to, you know, link his books um, if you're interested in reading more about his knowledge and all of his literature. I think it's really important, you know, to when you find a doctor, um, if you want to read more about their works. I think it's really cool to, to, to do that. Um, so we'll, those will all be in the podcast notes on how to be a redhead.com. And so speaking of how to be a redhead.com, um, we have been really busy, Stephanie and I doing a lot of stuff. Um, we launched a brand new main page of how to be a redhead.com. So it's really super cool. We have a lot more technology behind us. So advanced searches. Um, we always like, say you want to know the best shampoos for redheads or the best sunscreen for redheads or the best mascara or whatever topic you want. It's easily searchable. Um, you will be able to, you know, have access to our shop really quickly. All of our articles, we post three, three, two, two, two to four articles per day. So it's going to be much more user-friendly in terms of how much content we're putting out. And you know, the whole entire website is just so much more advanced and stuff. I know, look, we laugh, but we have launched so many new how to be a redhead.com. Like over the 11 years, I swear we've had like probably 12 new websites. We're always working on a new version of the website. It's really important. And, um, I remember our mom actually told us like, when you really care about something, this was when we were younger and we were decorating our bedrooms. When you really care about something and you love something, you always want to change it up and make it better. And I remember I always wanted to change my bedroom. I'm like that with my house right now with decorating. I like to like redecorate and, you know, cause I care about it so much. And I feel like that's how we are with how to be a redhead.com is we're always changing the website. Mm-hmm. We want to change this. We want to change that. And it means a lot to us. Like the little details matter to us. Um, and then we're also working right now on a brand new shop. So that should be launching actually pretty soon. We just finished the design for the last piece of the of the puzzle for the shop. So we'll have a brand new shop. Um, and of course, we've been really enjoying having our second Finally Have Brows launched. We now have Finally Have Brows long wearing and we have Finally Have Brows volumizing. So Stephanie and I are in the works of de- developing so many more products. That's what we've been spending almost all of our days doing. And um, it's really a dream because we've been really wanting to build it to this point where we're able to just focus on the makeup line. Yeah. And we're launching a few more SKUs um, in the eye makeup category without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. But it's always been something, like Adrian said, that we've wanted to do. So to see things, you know, happen, obviously things take time when you're customizing and creating a product from scratch, which is pretty cool because we, 
get to pick and choose exactly what we want with the product and what we wish that we had growing up, for example. So to see it come to life is pretty remarkable. So look out for new launches. Um, We also just launched a new Amazon store. So super excited about that. So definitely check that out. Um, We sell our two eyebrow products on Amazon now, as well as our beauty box and then redhead bobby pins. And then of course, all the other products in our e-commerce platform. Um, That's on shop.howtobearedhead.com. And um, I think if you follow us on social, you'll see all of the amazing tutorial videos and the customer reviews about our two brow products. Um, It's pretty remarkable because they're all organic. Um, And I think it's something that we just love to hear from subscribers, um, excuse me, from customers when they share their love for a product, right, Adrian? That yeah. we created and yeah. how I love the it enthusiasm. Changed. It makes us feel so happy when we when we read them. Yeah, and the fact that so many redheads have said how much it changed their lives. I think that's why Adrian and I do what we do. So definitely check that out on shop.howtobearedhead.com. And like always, rock it like a rock redhead. It like a redhead.